0: Welcome. I'm the Parliament Raven. Welcome. Pull up a seat. Pour yourself a glass of tea. My name's Jason Rodriguez, and I'm the Parliament Raven. And today we're going to talk about uncluttering your life. Uncluttering one's life. Uncluttering my life. All the clutter declutter. So the topic is gonna focus on a few things. We're gonna we're gonna look around, peer through some different aspects. But let me start with some some solid quotes. And it, these quotes will kind of sum up things for you, get you in the mindset of where we're going on our talk parliament. When things aren't adding up in your life, start subtracting. Unknown author. Clutter is not just physical stuff. It's old ideas, toxic relationships, and bad habits. That's Eleanor Brown, author and speaker. Now, today we're going to look at clutter in three different ways, and I think she kind of sums it up there. Physical junk stuff, the uh, e- emotional baggage, well, and, and that could be pretty heavy and hefty, and toxic people. And I'm not going to just... Just throw Bible verses. I'm also going to give you some, some hopefully, practical ideas to get you moving in directions where if you do have clutter, uh, you start removing it, or to self-reflect on this whole idea that we have a lot of stuff. I mean, some of our great-grandparents, they only had a single shirt and a single pair of pants. Some had a single shirt and a pair of pants and their Sunday best, something to wear on Sundays to church. And that was it. Uh, you know, they had the the stuff to cook the house and the basic necessities. But some of us nowadays have like 30 pairs of shoes, like a, a 9,000 DVDs still, and a wardrobe where half of it is dusty and probably still doesn't fit anymore. So where do we begin this journey of decluttering we're gonna start by looking at physical clutter and i do have a verse to lead the way with this one we're gonna look at matthew 6 19 through 20 and i definitely want you to always you know go out and in the bible and see and and review what i say because sometimes i do pull out stuff in in an isogenical way where i'm pulling it from my message but i'm trying to keep it in context Right, but I know that sometimes my topics don't align with the context in which uh, Jesus uh, or the Bible is making reference. So Matthew again, Matthew six nineteen and twenty. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth. And rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Yeah, I'd I'd really like to hear a story about somebody who broke into heaven and stole from God. Not possible! (laughs) So, We have this idea that that things down here are fleeting, right? Our lives are fleeting. The things we own are fleeting. I remember some great shirts I had that got holes and those were fleeting. You repair those and then they get holes again and you just got to retire it. So not to say, I'm not saying that we need to get rid of everything or be in check on everything. Uh, Or as some of the old... As scenes uh, take a vow of poverty. I don't want you to take a vow of poverty. Uh, but it is wisdom to evaluate the excess um, that leads to stress and anxiety in our lives. Right? And sometimes that comes from coming home to a thousand things on your shelves covered in dust that you'll never get to. And a closet where you have a pile of laundry that hasn't been done and clothes still going, and you look at it, and you know that half your clothes are going to stink like the clothes that are stinking. And a garage, you walk into a garage with over too many boxes. Now, there are those who don't suffer from that. They have the total opposite. They have maybe a a few pillows for a couch and and a TV and, and a futon for a bed or a, a, a inflatable for a bed. Not talking to those people. <laughs> but I, I when it comes to physical physical stuff less can be more, right? So the the concept is like don't let your stuff own you, right? You want to own stuff, you don't want it to own you, right? Over buying stuff, too many things. Um, just the amount of clutter and 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 I think and it, it's funny. I think of my, uh, of my dad and myself when I was young collecting baseball cards, and uh, and later when my my dad and my mom got a divorce and went their separate ways. My dad kept doing that, thinking that was a way of of connecting with me. He kept collecting figurines, and he collected. Um, baseball cards and comic books—things uh, that I did when I was growing up—and and that was great when we reconnected later on in my life. He he had those things, and now I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of some of those things for the both of us. But ultimately, what was it for? Right, I mean, uh, there's this knack to collect, and and grow stuff. Um. And I know, at least for my mom, when it came to her collecting stuff, it came from a very place of this poverty mindset that that she was raised very poor. She was thrown out into the streets at a very young age. And so as she got older, she found comfort in owning things. But. I've gotten to the point where sentimentalness needs to be broken up. If I haven't used it in one to two years, if you have not used something in one to two years, you really need to reflect if you need it still, right? Uh, otherwise, it's just something that you have. Um, and for me, when I'm getting rid of physical stuff, physical junk, um, which I do uh, quite often now, I don't shouldn't be I shouldn't be calling it junk. Physical things that used to. To bring me joy, as Mary Kondo would say. Uh, I donate it, uh, not to Goodwill, because they're for-profit. Uh, everything that goes to Goodwill goes to nothing but the pockets of the CEO. But I look for charities that, that do things. Uh, for me, it's the Salvation Army. I, I have a, a few pastoral friends who are in it. They help with drug programs. They help with housing. They help the poor. Uh, and they're still doing a great job, even though, you know, the people who are running all those locations are taking a salary. It's not for profit, right? It's going to the hands of those who percentage of that is going to the hands of those who need it. Uh and choose your choose your charity. Uh there's plenty and there they happen through all the times. Uh even so much so that I, I also look for ways to, to be a good a good um I, I don't know a, a human <laughs> And back all the way back to Adam and taking care of the earth in that sense, uh, looking for ways to recycle my electronics too when they're, they're out of date and out of things. I just recycled a whole bunch of used computers, um, and I returned those to Mac. I know they're for profit, but I, I buy a lot of Mac stuff. So here's some more stuff to engineer me, some new things, is my thought on that. So <laughs> you clean the clutter of of the physical stuff, and and there's there's something to it. Uh, I think I think about a movie, uh, the movie Limitless, where uh, the main character starts taking an unknown drug, and his brain is just his synapses are firing right limitless, and he's living in this apartment that is cluttered and pigsty, and then he gets really smart, and he decides by cleaning it, he's less stressed and more active and productive because his environment has so much less. And, you know, that could be something that's hindering you, that you're just overwhelmed by your stuff. Uh, For me, I'm looking to shrink down as I move forward in life. Um, I don't have my three children in the house all the time anymore. And, So as time progresses, I'm thinking of shrinking the stuff I had, the stuff that used to entertain them, the stuff that that used to, you know, uh, just things that that used to bring them joy that they're not here to enjoy as much anymore. So as we move on this journey to unclutter, we've uncluttered our physical at least. We've looked to it, and, and we look to... Uh, unclutter the the rough stuff in our lives let's go to uh, the hard i i think i think personally on a personal level this is going to be hard for a lot of people and that's the emotional baggage uh, portion of our podcast today uh and you, and you think about the just a whole bunch of bags stacked to the roof um right because the emotional baggage is is a metaphor for negative emotion uh, that of course you you haven't really processed, and there's some things that you believed, and uh, a good image is is uh, an even better image is a whole bunch instead of a whole bunch of bags. Think of a whole bunch of cardboard boxes you filled with all that stuff we just decluttered from your house, my house, your house. And think of instead of donating it, that you just stuffed it into either a dark basement, a dark garage, or a dark attic, or maybe all three, and now you're just ignoring it. Now you can't park your car, now you don't have any place to go play board games downstairs in the basement, and now your attic is overheated because every time it gets hot, all the stuff in the upstairs heats up, and you can't keep your AC on uh, long enough in at least California to not have a $1,000 electric bill. Okay, so you have all these places, but instead of it being your house, think of it as your heart and your mind. And as these things grow, there's a tendency for things there to also grow: anxiety, depression, uh, fear, a lot of those things. Right. In confronting baggage, um, let's look at John eight thirty one thirty two. Jesus said this. If you abide in my word, and by word he means teachings, you are truly my disciple, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And a lot of emotional baggage are like chains that you decide to keep so that you're chained to doing the same thing thing over and over again, or being hurt over and over again, or not growing to where you want to be because of a negative mindset, right? And as believers, we're supposed to be free of things that cause this, us to be hindered, that cause, that stop us from being, uh, who we are created, the identity we are created to be in God, in his kingdom, in the world, ladies and gentlemen, And you probably heard this from motivational speakers, or you probably heard this from a coach, or you probably heard this from a pastor. But I bear repeating that the truth will set you free, and you need to let some start letting things go. So what is the baggage I'm talking about? What's in the boxes, Parliament Raven? Well, I have a list. See, I studied really hard for this one. Uh, Guilt regret, fear, and anxiety. The inner critic, you know that inner hater? That one's like, no, you can't do it. What are you doing? Now we're going to fail again. You need to stop that. That dress makes you look fat. Everything makes you look fat in the mirror. Your pasta dish sucks. Don't be feeding people your own pot. And that's that voice in your head. Uh, I learned this from, from a book that you should name that. Uh, you know, call him like Hank, or if it's if you're her, call her like Susie. I don't know. Name it and tell it to shut up. You tell that inner critic to shut your pie hole. You know, you don't have no say. I look good. My pasta dish is great. This this shirt is, makes me look amazing. <laughs> but you got to face that inner critic, that inner voice that's that's negative. And we talked that, about that a while back with the two wolves. What are you feeding? Are you feeding those good ideas or those bad ideas? Uh, let me continue on this list. Of course, I bunny trailed. Uh, the long gone memory, right? So uh, if you go online, you'll see like the idea of the long gone bully or the long gone teacher or the long gone parent or the long gone coach. And instead of that inner critic, you have this voice of a parent or a coach or a teacher or a bully telling you, no, you can't do that. You're not good at baseball. Don't play baseball. You're not good. Uh, That's not me, but you're not good at video games. A lot of kids nowadays, you stink at Call of Duty. Don't do that. You'll never be able to swim well. Don't swim. You'll never be able to do a 5K. I'm not a runner. You know, I had a student today telling me she could not do math. I can't do math. And I said, that's the wrong attitude, right? That's that criticism. Somewhere along the way, someone said, you can't do it, and you believed them. Then you have that reservoir of angers. There's some great literature characters out there that have this, this as a superpower. I'm so angry, grr. But that anger can be explosive and negative and needs to be dealt with uh, in a healthy way. Not on other people, not on yourself, maybe on a punching bag, but then again, maybe with some therapy. And last is is a very popular one, the abandoned, the unloved, the outcast, the rejection. Uh, oh, wait, well, this is second to the last, my apologies. And that's, that's something I can personally attest to, like... Uh, uh, growing up, definitely um, bullied a lot and abandoned a lot by people I thought were my friends. Uh, I really have a a longing for, for strong brotherhood, uh, being that I didn't get that at home from my older brother. Uh, being that I just like the idea of, of having, uh, you know, that best friend or bro- I don't know. Maybe it was the after-school specials. Maybe it was uh, how to eat fried worms. But I always thought that, you know, I had I would have a buddy thick and thin. And, man, by the time I, I got out of high school, I, I, it was a pretty long journey for me to get rid of that emotional bag of rejection because once you are rejected – or feel rejected, you reject others. You, it's really hard to overcome the concept of rejection as you reject others, and then they turn reject you, and it's this secular cycle that is terrible. Last but not least, the unlucky, and this can be tied into that rejection thing, but that whole concept is I'm always unlucky. I'll never, I never win anything. Well. It, that's not going to help you, right? I uh, I once heard you make your own luck, or you can decide whether you're not you're lucky or not. And it goes with this idea of self fulfilling prophecies, and um, that's something you'll learn in Communication One Hundred and One in college, if any of you ever taken that. But you learn that there's this self fulfilling thing that you put if you say something, you will subconsciously work towards doing it. Um, and there's been plenty of studies on it. You can go, I don't know if it's been disproven or not by now, but I felt, and I've seen it absolutely happen in plenty of people's lives, including my own. And it's another thing to overcome. So what are some things, I know. you know, the truth will set you free. You abide in the truth. You're continually building yourself up. You're seeking the Lord. You're praying. You're getting people that to, to, that are positive in your life, and we'll be talking about toxic people next, but you're doing the things you do to make you healthier, stronger, uh, unraveling that Christian life as you get to know the creator of the universe, the savior of your soul, the Holy Spirit that causes creativity and is, and is all wise. What do I do? I can't get rid of this baggage myself. Well, you could. There's, there's self-mediation. You face your past. You question it. You do it repetitively. Par, I, partially, that is my uh, way of getting healing. But there's also some things I did. I did do counseling. And you could do counseling or coaching. I recommend that. Um, as someone who's heading into, into the coaching arena, I definitely recommend it. But uh, you can also see a psychologist or therapist Right, because sometimes it's too much. Sometimes you do need a crutch to get out, and then you wean yourself off of said crutches. Right, a crutch helps with helps you heal over time. You don't stay on it. Right, and I'm not saying if somebody, if a therapist recommends you to be on on medicine because you're clinically depressed, that you just don't quit cold turkey. Right, you you work on the the positive things, the the skills to wean to get weaned off of of the, me, the medical help that you need or if it's just a short because we live in a world that's degrading and 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 you have a short in your brain like i have dyslexia that's a short in the brain but it, it's incredible useful i can look at different things in the world and edgar Poe incredibly used his depression in darkness to create amazing uh, poetry and macabre stories, right? But you can and should seek help, right? We as Christians need to embrace that. God works through miracles and he also works through the miracles that he has used people to create. Yeah. So, right? Take it in, in balance, uh, last but not least, as we go to uncluttering, we have uncluttered our physical life. We have uncluttered our emotional baggage, or at least got it under control. <laughs> right? Some, some emotional baggage lasts a lot longer than others. Uh, for instance, uh, sometimes I still have to defend myself because of the emotional baggage of being told I was wrong all the time. And it's sometimes hard to catch. It's subconscious. And it's something I continually work on. A lot better now. But sometimes I do. Uh, And that's from a misspent childhood. And I know know that my parents weren't perfect and my family members weren't perfect. And, you know, you take your scars from there, you take your lickings, and you overcome them as you get older, right? As much as you can. Uh, Let's see. The last thing is toxic people. A toxic person is, of course, someone who is... Who uses words and actions and behaviors that cause you distress, harm, or hurt to you, right? And this doesn't have to be physical. This is usually mental and emotional. And I went as far as looking up what are the different kinds of toxic people. I'm not going to just give you, uh, just go and say, just remove the toxic people, you know, the people that make you feel bad. Well, there's, some people just tell you no, and you need to hear no. And some people give you wise words, and you think they're toxic, but they're giving you wise words. So let me give you some, let me give you, I think I have seven here, seven people, seven types of people to stay away from or to, to you know, create some solid boundaries, pin them in. Uh, if they're, they're really, well, because let's just be honest, some of these toxic people are family members. You can't get rid of them. All right, so there's the narcissist. Only cares about themselves. Uh, they lack empathy. Jokes at your expense, right? Think, meditate. Hopefully, you're not this person. Uh, if any of these things be, you feel like, are is you, I'm talking about you? There's some self reflection you got to do. Okay, uh, so hopefully not. I know a lot of the people. A lot of the parliament I list, I know personally, are definitely not under this list. There's the energy vampire. Uh, their actions drain you of energy. They create problems and criticize and bully you. They call you names sometimes, right? There's the controller. They need to be in control of everything. They make you feel like you can't do anything right. Yeah. Yeah. There's the liar. They always are telling little white lies or exaggerating a story or exaggerating how they feel. They try to manipulate you or gaslight you. They're the masters of the guilt trip. Right? There, I mean, the liar can also be called the manipulator, if you want. There's the drama queen. They're always causing drama or drawing drama to them. And they feed by spreading gossip and listening to gossip, always having the gossip stories. Right, Karen? Uh, you have the... The constant victim, the person that's always, why is it me? Why are they treating me this way? Why is the world doing this to me? Why me? Oh, I'm just the victim all the time. It's just, why? Right? And they can't be happy for others. They belittle people to feel better and blames others for their life and misfortune. Look, I've met at least all of these people once in my life. Or at least a person like this. Oh, and there's the pessimist, right? The pessimist is is a little bit of an energy vampire, <laughs> but they're always negative. They always try to talk you out of doing your dreams, right? And I, I talked about my principal trying to talk me out of reaching my fitness goal. And I'm, I'm still at it. Don't worry, Parliament. I, I had to take a, a a few days off, quite a few days off, because I, I had that head cold uh, that I'm I'm coming out of, but you have these seven people. So what do you do? Like, what are the cures for, for toxic people? Well, first you set hard boundaries. Like that's the first and primary thing you can do. You you, you know you set you set a hard boundary, saying this is not going to happen. I'm not going to allow you to do this. Um, and and you got to say learn to say nope, no, or nope not today. Um, and not allow the things they're doing to, um, to infiltrate your life, right? You can put distance between you and them, right? Don't ghost people. I'm not saying to ghost people. But, I, I mean, ultimately, you need to put some distance. And by setting boundaries, you can do that and say, hey, we're done, and this is why, uh, and I, I'm not a confrontation person, uh, despite what some of my friends would would think or say about me. Uh, some of the parliaments would disagree. But um, I don't like confrontation. But when it comes to health, you have to have it. Um And I was told that by uh, a a good counselor friend of mine. I was told by that, by a pastor. You know, uh, by wise people, people wiser than myself who have lived a lot longer uh, than I have um, when I asked them and currently still live a lot longer than I have. Uh, And a shout out to uh, Dave McDaniel, if he's ever listening, uh, gave me a lot of wise advice. uh, That definitely some of it. Uh, Last but not least, you hang out with good friends. People who lift you up and build you up, and have your best interest in mind, and those good friends are going to help you declutter. They will. They'll help you with your physical stuff. I mean, uh, I just had a good friend take an old TV from me. Uh, that's definitely helping me declutter uh, my life. It's still a good TV, seven twenty, but P. But that's neither here nor there, right? Uh, real life situations should be addressed. But if you think about it, right? Uh, there's some good verses. I haven't really thrown out any verses for for friends. And so I'm gonna end with these verses and and then maybe maybe a small challenge, like I because I like to challenge you, Parliament. So Proverbs 17, 17, and John 15, 12, 13 say this, say these example same words. That means in John they're quoting Proverbs. And a friend, uh Loves at all times, and a brother is found in times of hardship, right? So uh, I, that's a good way to know if you're, you're, you know, if the people are toxic to you. Because during those times of hardship, if they're not getting closer to you, if they're being more negative or they're not around, then you need to question, are these people toxic or are they really friends, Right? And that's not saying that if they're not around and you haven't said anything, that they're toxic. It could be that they're not around because you haven't said anything. Right? You got to be vocal. All right. I got another good verse. Don't be misled by bad company because they corrupt good morals. So bad company... Corrupts good morals. And that is found in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. That's another good verse. But here's the one that probably should sum up why toxic people shouldn't be in your life. So we're going to go back to Solomon and his wisdom uh, and his grand knowledge given to him by God um, when when, uh, he asked for it. And it says, One who has unreliable friends Soon comes to ruin. And that's Proverbs 18.24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. All right? So reflect. So this week, the challenge, what I want you to do is reflect, right? There's a lot in here. This is probably the longest or one of the longest podcasts I've ever done because I think it's important. I, I, I spent extra time doing extra studying because I find this topic to be such importance. There's such a lightheartedness when you don't have so much clutter in your heart and in your life, right? And I mean, you can go on the internet and just type decluttering and you'll find countless blogs that attest to this countless non-spiritual, spiritual, psychological. It is a, almost I, I don't want I don't want to say a fact because it doesn't work for everybody but it's pretty up there on the things that you can do to unravel the hindrances in your life declutter it look at the emotional baggage question why if if, if it's fear or if it's anxiety question why you're having that if there's too much at home and you're overwhelmed when you're coming home think of what you need and what you don't donate it put it on offer up and sell it um, just decluttered that part. And if it's friendships, well, man, I, there's been even hard times for me where I had to let friends go, right? Cause they weren't really friends. They're really, really building me up. They didn't want to see the best for me. And, and maybe I, for them, and there's friends who've let me go. Me and, uh, you know, at, at one time or another, we probably have been somewhat toxic if we're honest to each other. It's a process. It's growth, right? So take some self-reflection, Parliament. I want you to self-reflect. See where you can declutter. I mean, it doesn't even have to be major. Maybe you have a box of old magazines. Or maybe you there's some stuff you've been meaning to donate in your garage. And throw, chuck it in the car and find your nearest Salvation Army. I mean, that's my choice. But... How are you going to unclutter your life, right? And and I'm not. I haven't even. I didn't even go to just thoughts because we've already addressed that. But emotions and physical stuff and toxic friends. Take a look. You know, if you need, use a pen and paper. Use your notes in your cell phone. But take some time and think about it. Put on some music and. Uh, I just want to see you unravel and grow and, and you know, find joy where joy can be found and, you know, and deal with certain things that you maybe thought you could never deal with. Because I know we have a God that can help you deal with it, Pers- talking from personal experience, right? And if you don't know God, ask him to help. I promise sooner or later you will get a response. All right, this has been a blast. I had a lot of fun. Hopefully, you did too. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. If you enjoyed the conversation, please hit the like and subscribe button and give us a rating. Also, if you'd like to see what's going on with more of the Parliament, please visit gravitas.org. Also, intro music by Russ Budgen and Exit music by Arnav Siravistav. Thanks again.